Hoş geldiniz. Willkommen. Welcome to the Drawing Core Podcast. We're on episode 5. How the fuck are you? Are you all very well? How was your week? Or was it a lovely week? I'm trying this week to find a middle ground between whispering close to the microphone and stepping back a bit and having a bit more bubbly energy when I'm talking to you. I've tried both of these approaches and uh, I've got different feedback. Feedback? I've got different feedback from both of them. On the one hand, when I'm a little bit away from the microphone and more bubbly, it's my more, shall we say, usual tone of voice. So there's greater sincerity and spontaneity and less mouth noises, less wet mouth noises. However, a friend who is I hope they wouldn't mind me saying themselves a sexy friend said it's quite sexy when I have this closer to the microphone more whispering voice and obviously it's nice to feel sexy it's nice to be told your voice sounds sexy so I very much want to keep the potential of sexiness as well as the sincerity and the lack of wet mouth noises that exists further away from the microphone. So I'm, I'm going for a middle space now. Uh, I, to be honest, I'm just enjoying experimenting and considering the kind of tone of voice that I want to deliver this podcast in. You, you may uh, be slightly aware by now that a lot of this podcast is taken up by still from the first episode the, the, the sort of metaphysics and the audio physics how would you say that oral physics uh, sound physics what's sound physics probably there's a very obvious answer there that I can't think of taken up by the the, the, the way of making a podcast I talk a lot about how to make podcast or how I am trying to make podcast and we're gonna do more of that this week oh, oh yes Sonny Jim we're gonna do we're gonna do a whole load of that this week and we'll, we'll go straight into it we won't we won't hang about let's get on with it um so I told you last week I talk a little bit about the word radical also the word queer and the word a fascist this week and I'm going to make good on my promise right it came up for me very early on in the podcast process what do I mean by radical? Because I put it there in the in the very beginning, in the first episode, also in the second episode, in all of the description that I wrote online, I'm supposedly making a radical podcast. But what, what do I mean by the word radical? 
and I didn't have a very clear I could have given you an answer but I wanted to really explore that so this is this is this podcast is about exploring what is radical about drawing core why the drawing is so very radical consider for me if you will a radical sandwich a specific radical sandwich I'm going to tell you what I think a radical sandwich is um, uh, not 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 because I know what a radical sandwich is but because I have a I have a suggestion to make that a radical that, that a radical sandwich might be for example aubergine or eggplant if you prefer aubergine or eggplant baked beans mustard and salad a few leaves of salad radical sandwich exhibit a i think that's pretty good it's tasty by the way i did try it i thought that would only be appropriate to follow my research into the manifest the culinary manifestation of my radical sandwich so it's tasty it's not bad i encourage you to try it at home that's my that was what i thought could be a radical sandwich and reflecting on my radical sandwich i thought well it's radical because it's unusual you wouldn't expect those ingredients to be together in a sandwich so it's an unexpected combination but i want my use of the word radical to go a little bit further than that into perhaps unorthodox so the orthodoxy being the kind of dominant way of doing the dominant way of sandwiching i want it to be unorthodox i want it to be kind of pushing back against that and the the word radical comes from uh, comes from the latin meaning root see i did i did my serious bit of research as well as making a radical sandwich comes from the word root and this this can be helpful right because if we want to make radical unorthodox how we need to make it a challenge to the orthodoxy so how do we do that well we can think about going to the root so like when we're thinking about a radical sandwich we want to question the whole idea of sandwich what does sandwich mean how do you sandwich and how do you sandwich radically so if we go to the root of sandwich maybe we need to push our radical sandwich further and say like okay it's actually an open sandwich like just one slice of bread the fillings of aubergine or eggplant baked beans mustard and salad and then no no other no other bread no second bread no 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 sir no second bread just one bread an open sandwich or alternatively two portobello mushrooms with the fillings aubergine or eggplant baked beans mustard and salad in between the two mushrooms so instead of bread it's mushrooms perhaps perhaps this is this is even more radical sandwiches we're talking about now we're going further with our sandwich radicalism when we, when we think about going to the root I was thinking what are we doing and I was thinking well we're challenging our assumptions and challenging our perspective and what we think of sandwiches when we when we approach the sandwich making time of our life and if we're radicalizing 
the sandwich. We are reimagining those assumptions and perspectives at the root of what we think when we when we go sandwich. So taking it to the podcast, bringing it back into the reason for talking about this and away from sandwiches, I hope that we can talk about ideas that are radical in themselves. And the reason they'll be radical is because we have to dig kind of deep to reimagine ourselves and our assumptions and our perspectives. With, for example, Taoist thinking. If we want to introduce Taoist thinking into our lives, we need to dig away at our assumptions and our perspectives. We need to see ourselves going with the flow, like water or Winnie the Pooh. We need to resist any temptation to control or to exert authority, to oppress. We talked about it. These are all callbacks to the Taoist podcasts. Uh, Sorry if you didn't listen to them, but um, I'm just drawing on what we talked about before in case you did. Um, But I want to talk about radical topics that require us to reimagine our assumptions and our perspectives, really push ourselves to think like, think again about sandwiches, for example. But um, I've got got a couple of examples of this radical reimagining that maybe help here. So one is 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 a pink chicken. There's a pink chicken, right? There was a, a bioscience, biogenetics. Um, I didn't, I, I didn't write down what it was. I think it was bioscience conference, right? Let's say that. Sounds alright, doesn't it? Bioscience conference. It was a UN conference, so it was like big official swanky pants conference. And the two guys who came with their pink chicken, and their intention was to start a different and I would say radical conversation or yeah to radicalize the conversation about biogenetics modifying the biology of animals by altering their genes I think part part of the conversation they started is the whole is is the ethics of their own experiment because they turned a chicken pink right I I put it to you that that might not be ethical to use a chicken to prove your point in this way. But their whole shtick was radicalizing, changing the way we approach this topic. So this is this is a quote from from Leo, Leo with his pink chicken. I could have written down his full name and you could have really uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll link to it. Maybe I'll try and link to it in the description. That'll be interesting for people that don't listen to the podcast and they'll see the description of what we're talking. Today we're talking about the words radical, queer and fascist. Uh, By the way, this is the link to the pink chicken. So Leo explains, What scientists and the UN do when they grapple with these subjects, i.e. biogenetics, is what they call binding uncertainty. They're defining the answer's limits so they can deal with it in some way. Our project tries to do the opposite. We want to unbind certainty to open up other futures. So I I, I like this idea of re-establishing the whole frame 
of the conversation to radicalize what we're what we're really talking about to question those assumptions and those perspectives to get to the root of it like really what is it about biogenetics that we need to think about and discuss and the second example of a radical approach that I want to give is uh, Jacques Rancière, the sociologist, and the sociologist, there's only one of him, the sociologist, Jacques, Jacques Rancière, whose, in whose ideas I do not have expertise, but um, something that a, a, f a friend who, 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 who is very, uh, knowledgeable in, in in this stuff explained to me really really stuck with me through all of the creative processes I've been through and that is that if you want to subvert something if you want to satirize something you can do it in two ways the first way you can bring on the thing you want to satirize or subvert so that would probably be the orthodox way of doing things right the dominant dynamic the usual way and then you take the piss out of it. That would be the first way. The second way is that you don't bring on the orthodox way at all. You just go straight into a new way of doing things. And then the second way, I would argue, is the radical way of doing it. Because you go directly to the root and to the assumptions. And you just bring a new perspective. In the first way, because you start with the dominant perspective, you implicitly give it power you sustain its power because it's like well in order to subvert this thing we need to first show it where in the second way we're, you're saying we don't need to show that thing it has no value we're just going to go on with what we think the, the way of doing things is and I think casting off those shackles of our orthodox way of seeing things is very very radical and you might pick up um, a connection between that and what I wanted to do, what I want to do with this podcast that I explained in the first episode. I talked about the dominant dynamic of art, performance art, being a hierarchy where the active performer is kind of superior to the passive listener. And this could especially be an issue with podcasts because you can't talk back to me, right? But I wanted to come with a radical new way of doing podcast. And I, I thought about it a lot. And I thought that, in fact, the, the best way to do that second Rancière option of casting off the authority is to, at the very beginning, to talk about why I shouldn't be doing this podcast to talk about the problems inherent in podcasting from my point of view and that can I think to me that really breaks and casts off the the authority that could otherwise be there because you you're you're not you you know you're not picking it up you're holding your hands up like I'm not touching that authority I never did I never touched it I never picked it up I want to talk about not touching authority. I want to talk about the very thing that I'm doing here, which is trying to resist authority. So this is my hope. I don't know how successful I can be in this, but this is my 
This is my idea of how to approach radically in this podcast. So follow we're, we're following this train of, of radical. We're following the radical train, friends. And the next the next stop on our radical train journey is queer. Specifically queer theory. Um, I'm not an expert on queer theory, but I'm really excited by it. So I want to talk about it as much as I can. And I also want to point out that with queer as with radical as with anything I talk about I don't intend to and I hope that I don't do anything to invalidate anyone else's potential ideas about what I'm talking so if you have another way of using the word radical or queer fine like I doesn't you know I'm not saying that these words are this I'm saying these is how I think about using these words in this context of the podcast and if you in fact have a problem with how I choose to use the words then like we can talk about that and I think that's great and this I think is queer already so when we think about queer in relation to sex and uh, gender we're talking about casting off the categories and identities that we use in the dominant way of seeing humans man, woman heterosexual, homosexual any categories like we could continue that list and we could say man, woman, transgender woman transgender man um, gender queer gender neutral uh bisexual, pansexual, asexual all of these categories that we can possibly use the thing that I think is really playful and nice about queer theory as I understand it is that it casts off these categories it's anti-essentialist essentialism being that we are in essence this or that thing we are essentially this or that thing it's a more existentialist theory as in as we exist we embody this identity that identity this category that category sometimes contradictory categories at once and so they become less and less fixed and more fluid or more dispersed and I think this opens up some super interesting conversations especially about why those categories and identities are constructed in the first place and what their construction means what's the power dynamic who has the power between these categories I talked about this in um, the third podcast about how when we oppress we are controlling and we control by categorizing things and then we put them in a hierarchy and then before you know it we we have things that are superior and things that are inferior and that's the essential frame of looking at things and queer theory is a smashes this I think or sneaks around it what, yeah, well, however you like to however like you like to carry out your, your queer if you like to queer with a smash or if you like to queer with a little sneaky cheeky queer all methods of queering are available
So, so, so I think this is a queer radical podcast. This is what I, I think, yeah. And I checked radical in a kind of concordance fashion. Concordance is where you look up a word. Usually it's in regards to the Bible. You look up a word and you check the, all the different contexts in which it appears. When I did this for radical, so I just googled the word radical and saw what kind of things broadly came up. And on the one hand, it was often synonymous with extreme. And on the other hand, it was often synonymous with political resistance. And to give you a flavour of how different those can be, one of the one of the ways it was used was talking about the Conservative Party of the United Kingdom, the party currently in power, described as what they what they were doing was described as radical. And then people who are politically resistant to the systems and to to even this particular Conservative Party can be also radicals. So it's it's almost like up opposite ends of the spectrum. And with political resistance, this is much more I want to align myself with. So, uh, one example of the political resistance I found was a radical open access project, which is, as, as far as I could tell from a brief look, was challenging the institutions which hold data as accessible only to the privileged. So, for example, academic data academic journals, academic writing, often you have a paywall that stops you ac- stops you being able to access this stuff. And this radical open access was a statement against that. Like, our shared knowledge should be shared and democratised. And this was radical, partly because it was resisting to the uh, authority, right? The, ac- the academia and the data tech companies which have this power to restrict data that they are the dominant they are the orthodox they are the the authority so the political resistance against them is radical and it's also quite a nice it ties in quite nicely to what we're talking about because we're resisting by by being a queer radical podcast we're resisting fixing things and we're trying to be fluid with things and we're trying to be open trying to democratise our definitions. So I'm much more keen to associate with this than with the radical, the radicalism as extremism. So, in pinning this down, I thought, well, I have an idea of good radicalism and bad radicalism then, really, frankly. And it's true because I wanted that sandwich to be tasty. If it had tasted bad, I wouldn't have really wanted to give it as an example of radical sandwich. And it did taste good. I'm not. Try it. Aubergine or eggplant, baked beans, mustard, salad. So, my, if I wanted my idea of radical to be good, then I wanted to define it in opposition to something, and that would be fascism. And I really like to, I really like to loosen the word fascism. I like, sorry, I, I just got distracted by what I just said, loosening fascism. Anyway, um, I, like to, I like to have a loose definition of fascism, to use it for more 
more things than it is generally used to describe. So normally we think of fascism as specifically a kind of nationalist dictatorship like Hitler's Germany. But if we, I've got, I've got a few bits from Mussolini's doctrine of fascism. So this is the first time the word fascism was used about 100 years ago. He talks about what fascism is and he says fascism denies the majority denies that the majority can direct human society it conceives of the state as absolute so the individual is deprived of all useless and possibly harmful freedom just retaining what is essential the deciding power in question cannot be the individual but the state alone and it talks about the immutable, it affirms the immutable, beneficial and fruitful inequality of mankind. And I think this inequality and the rule of the state over the majority is what it boils down to. So loose, my loose fascism, if I loosen fascism, let me just, let me just loosen fascism right now. You can't see, but I'm making a gesture with my hands, which is how I think of loosening fascism. It would be the primacy of the one over the many and the others so there is a kind of master race and this is this can just be the state or it can be uh, you know superhero narratives have an underlying fascism to them this is why um watchmen the comic book is such an interesting comic book not the film but the comic book is so interesting because it it brings out these similarities between fascist ideology and being a superhero because you are the you are the one that is superior to the many and to the others so in the world we live in we live under what bell hooks called white supremacist capitalist patriarchy which kind of gives you is meant to give an idea of all of the dominant systems of oppression and some people call this similar to this called hierarchy hierarchy is a, is the social system or connected systems of domination and oppression so it entails like dominant races the, the racism of the dominant the sexism of the dominant the classism of the dominant so the this white supremacist capitalist patriarchy so I want to I want to call this fascism. I want to call this fascist. And the anti-fascist radicalism is really where I want this podcast to sit. And just by being against this hierarchy, even in a small way, I think is anti-fascist. And that's how I would define my queer radicalism. And the last thing I want to talk about, in using these words, there's a, there's a slight confusion or an inconclusiveness sometimes to using the word radical. I read a few articles that were quite disappointing because they didn't really bang, pin on point, that's radical. They kind of deflated towards the end of the writing, even if the topic was interesting. And rather than 
make this, make this a critic of the writing. I think that in fact this is something really cool about language, is that it resists being fixed. And I think it's a kind of queer, radical thing to do, to resist against these fixed definitions. I hope this podcast is meandering and discursive, digressive, digressing, incomplete. It's like, it's not expertise I'm giving you. It's, a, it's The idea is it's a conversation. And I think that that in, in itself is a kind of queer way of making a podcast, a kind of queer radical way of making a podcast. This is what I hope for. I mean, it, I don't even know how successfully I I do that, never mind whether it's really the best way of doing a queer radical podcast. But but that doubt that I have is it's is it is the point itself if if you follow me. And I think when we have doubt about the fixed meanings of words, we can be more free to use them. So the reason I want to use the word radical and make this whole podcast about it is because I want us us under the drawing to push our ideas to be radical like what what how can we really challenge our perspectives and what can we really think that is pushing us to hold ourselves and others to a higher standard of and to a, to an to account in a in a powerful way, I guess. Um, and if we can contextualize this as anti-fascist, then I think having strong anti-fascism is a good thing. Probably, if you're a fascist, you, you might have departed from this explanation of the podcast a little while ago now. Um, but as long as you're not, then you're still with me in that, so I, I hope that you're on board with calling this podcast radical. I also want to use queer because it has this contemporary power. I found so much inspiration and, of, and solidarity with people who are using this word queer. And so I really want to kind of be part of that conversation and to also s solidify it by using the word and using it in a way that I think is, again, powerful. And I want to use fascism because I want to use that. It has already a power to it. And in fact, people are scared to use it because of that. Because they don't want to compare what's going on in the world now to something like Nazi Germany. And I get that. But I kind of want to... I kind of want to do that. To really challenge like how much we're willing to accept goes on in this world now. And like, if you think it's fascist, then probably we should be doing something about it. So, this podcast was about taking responsibility for the words I use and exploring them. And I hope that I didn't give any indication of how a word should or shouldn't be used. I was more reflecting on what I thought was how I felt about the, using the word. And every point I make is a conversation that can continue. Thank you for coming with me on the on the queer radical anti-fascist train. Uh, we will disembark now, and we'll we'll share a song. Let's let's wind down. Let's relax. 
30, 32 minutes, not bad, not too long, a lot of content though. We've been enjoying a new song in the background, it's only a very short looped part of a song again, but it's called The Philosophy of Happiness, and it's by someone called Kiri Forki, or Kiriaki, I'm not sure if you pronounce the four or you, it's meant to be an A. Kiriaki, Kiri Forki. Um, another hard tech artist. Um, so as you know, I'm slowly brainwashing you over the last few episodes to um, think of hardcore techno music as more diverse than you might have previously thought. So you've in fact been listening to the introduction to a hardcore techno song for the last 32 minutes. And I couldn't decide which of Kiri Forky's songs to share. So I've put Philosophy of Happiness in the background because it worked rather well. And it's a happy, uplifting song. It's very sunny outside today. I often record the podcast at night, which makes the bird noises feel very disingenuous. But now the bird noises are in fact, in my head, reflective of how sunny it is outside. And what better compliment to that than the lovely piano of the philosophy of happiness. And I'm going to give you another of the Kiri Forky's songs now called Aquaria Tech. Um, so please enjoy that. And we will be talking about hardcore techno at some point later. Um, but it's, this is a beautiful song and very different to what you might expect from bang 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 music. Lots of love. If you're speaking passionate to yourselves this week, oh, I wanted to, I wanted to say one more thing. Um, maybe next week we'll talk about work and play. Not maybe as a whole. Maybe just we'll just chat about it a little bit. But my one of my things that one of the things I'd like to do this coming week is find good ways to turn my brain off. So I, I invite you to do that as well. And then next week we can check in with uh, with ourselves. How how did we manage to turn our brain off and get some play time that wasn't requiring us to really use our brains? See how see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Like however whatever that means to you, um, you can yeah feel free to share back to the podcast what you think about that what you managed to do to turn your brain off we'll check in next week like I said um, in the meantime anyway be compassionate to yourself be compassionate to others take good care bye bye